Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. As always, I'm your host Jess and this week I'm going to be talking about the death of a sports star podcast from hosts Elroy Parr, Emma Clark and Tom Price. a sports star podcast comes from a series of similar podcasts that look deep into the depths of the super famous it covers what we do know and what we might not about suspicious tragic and or untimely demises the podcast is brought to us by the crowd network and it's hosted by voiceover artist emma clark singer songwriter elroy spoonface pal and actor tom price it's based out of the uk but covers deaths of sports stars from all over the world the podcast is so well-researched every episode and it tells the stories of those who have passed like they've never been told before. The episode I'm going to recap today is the death of Shane Warne, the incredible Australian cricketer, world-recognised as one of the best bowlers ever seen in the game. So presumably fit and healthy, why did he die suddenly at just 52 in Koh Samui, Thailand in March of 2022? Obviously, the storytelling in these episodes is second to none from the professionals, and I'll never just repeat word for word what I learn in the show. I've obviously done my side research alongside and put together my own analysis. I've got my own opinions that no one asks for, but I'll naturally give anyway, as usual. But this is the story of the amazing legacy but tragic death of cricket and royalty Shane Warne. Shane Keith Warne was born on Saturday the 13th of September 1969 in Upper Ferntree Gully, a suburb in Melbourne, Australia, to German Bridget and Australian Keith Warne. He had one brother, Jason, and they were a tight-knit family. Shane actually credits his dad in a documentary about his life entitled Shane that came out months before his death on Amazon Prime in January of 2022 for his infamous leg spinner bowl. When Shane was just a little kid, he broke both his legs and was in class to his ankles for six months. He was always quite an active kid, so his dad bought, well, made him an almost trolley-like contraption that Shane used his hands to operate. He said that's what gave his hands, wrists and forearms the ability to spin the ball like no other. Shane joined St Kilda's Cricket Club in the 1984-85 season, aged just 15, and made his first-class debut for the state of Victoria at Junction Oval against Western Australia in February of 1991. Then, in January of 1992, he was called up to represent his country at his beloved sport in a test match against India on home soil in the Sydney Cricket Ground. But it didn't all get off to a fantastic start. When Shane played, he had an iconic look. He had choppy blonde hair, zinc cream smeared on his lips and at the end of his nose. His top button was always left undone, his collar popped up and a gold chain around his neck. A true icon, image clear in so many minds. But that first test against India came off as so immature. 
His methods of bowling, the leg spinner, had long become outdated in a game that was now more about speed. He took just one wicket for 150 runs in that game. The follow-up match, his second chance, left him with one for 228 runs for the series. Enough for any captain to cut his losses and drop the young, inexperienced Shane from the squad immediately. However, on the 22nd of August 1992, he was played again and in fact took Sri Lanka's last three wickets, conceding no runs whatsoever. This changed the narrative. Despite not being consistent, it might be why he travelled with the Australian team to England for the July 1993 Ashes, or maybe he was just there to make up the numbers. Either way, the tournament would be the start. In the opening ball of the series, Adol Trafford, in terrain much different to that of Sunny Melbourne, in which he was used to, Shane Ball first. Alan Border, one of his teammates, had apparently in private told him to bowl nothing but leg spinners. And then there was the famous ball. It took out Mike Gatton, one of England's very best's first wicket. He's out. In the first bowl of the tournament, he's out. That leg spinner went on to take the title ball of the century. Imagine that, the legacy from day one. It has its own Wikipedia page and even a song wrote about it, Jiggity Pokery by the Duckworth Lewis Method. After that, he finished the Lord's Test by bowling Peter Such and Phil Tufnell behind the legs and did the same to Graham Gooch at Edgebaston. By the end of 1993, when Australia had won 4-1, and Shane had 34 wickets in six tests, it was clear the world were dealing with a potential all-time great operating out of Australia. In cricket, there's a term for winding up your opposition. Sledging. Shane was known as a joker, maybe a bit of a sledger. He did enjoy getting a rise out of South African batsman Darrell Cullinan. Although all done in the name of banter, he's seen his first controversy in 1994, when he was found by the ICC for letting rip Adam as he bowled him out and he departed the pitch. The same year, though, he's the leading wicket taker in all three series he's played in. But again, the bad times come knocking, and in 1995, shortly after marrying Simone Callaghan, he and his best friend and fellow cricketer, Mark Well, were found by the then ACB after admitting they supplied match information to an Indian bookmaker. The ball covered up the scandal, but the media exposed it three years later in 1998, the year after the birth of his and Simone's first child, Brooke. The same year, Shane was told by surgeons a necessary operation to a troublesome bowling shoulder may mean that he never plays cricket again. Of course, though, it was just in Shane's nature that this spurred him on even more, and in March 2000, he became Australia's highest test wicket-taker, bypassing Dennis Leal's 355 in New Zealand, and is named as one of Wyston's five cricketers of the century. This is when he upsticks and moves to the other side of the world, joining Hampshire in the English County Championship, with his wife, daughter, and now also new son Jackson. The following year, in 2001, they had the third and final child, another daughter called Summer. During the 2002 Ashes, Shane dislocates his shoulder again, and is forced to miss the final two tests. He's desperate to be fit again in time for the World Cup in South Africa, Zimbabwe and Kenya, announcing that he'll retire from one-day internationals when that tournament concludes. But the day before the Cup's due to begin, he failed a drug test and was sent back to Australia. 
After that, he was given a 12-month suspension from the ACB for taking a banned diuretic that he was said to have been given by his mum to help lose weight. In March of 2004, when the test ban was lifted, he took 26 wickets, including two 10-wicket hauls in a three-game series in Sri Lanka and passed 500 career wickets, showing the year away had not stopped him at all. But alas, again, in 2005, controversy came and naked photos containing Shane and two young women were leaked to the press. Smearing Shane's legacy once again. This saw his wife Simone file for divorce after 10 years of marriage and the termination of his $300,000 a year contract with Australia's Channel 9. That was after the directors decided that his off-field conduct would reflect badly on their company. However, it could have been his best year yet in cricket. Ending Dennis Leal's 24-year record of 85 test wickets in a calendar year when he finished 2005 with 96 overall. On the 18th of December 2006, Shane took the final wicket, his 699th in test, to win back the Ashes for Australia at Perth. Three days later, he announced he'd be retiring from Test Cricket at the end of the Ashes tournament. Five years on, a statue honouring Shane was unveiled outside the Melbourne Cricket Ground in 2011. At the unveiling, he said it's a great honour. It's a bit weird seeing yourself up there, but I'm very proud. Then in 2012, a grandstand at the Rose Bowl, where he played county cricket for Hampshire, was named the Shane Warne Stand. He was also inducted into the Cricket Hall of Fame by Cricket Australia. Then in 2013, he was inducted into the ICC Cricket Hall of Fame. After the split from Simone until around 2013, Shane dated the English actress Elizabeth Hurley. It was on and off and they were also engaged for a short period of time. After the relationship finally came to an end, Shane said, I was more in love with Elizabeth than I'd realised I could be. I miss the love we had. My years with Elizabeth were the happiest of my life. Shane continued to work, presenting and commentating on cricket all over the world and had a well-established career in doing so right up until his death. On the 4th of March 2022, age 52, Shane was pronounced dead of natural causes from a suspected heart attack while on holiday in the Samoana resort of Koh Samui, Thailand. His death came on the same day of fellow cricketer Rob Marsh, who Shane had paid a tribute to on Twitter only a few hours prior to his own death. Six days after he died, his body was returned to Melbourne on a private plane from Thailand. It's also been suggested that Shane might have been on a liquid diet for the prior couple of weeks and that may have also had an impact on his death. Shane's state memorial service was held on the evening of the 30th of March 2022 at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, a second home of sorts to Shane. The service was attended by about 55,000, broadcast on multiple channels and streamed online. Ultimately, it was watched by more than 1.5 million people. The seats on the field were either side of the wicket, on which one set of stumps stood with a sun hat on top and a cricket ball nearby. And that just gives me goosebumps every time because it was Shane right there with them all. Speeches were made by his biggest supporter, his dad Keith, his three children and his brother Jason. A legacy was left by a great in Shane and I'm going to end this story here. 
with the words of his dad at that very service when talking about how Shane went to the Victorian town of King Lake after the catastrophic 2009 Black Saturday bushfires and spent the day playing sports with families trying to lift the spirits. This was Shane, he said. Leading with infectious energy is given and that beaming smile. He somehow could always manage to make someone's day that little bit better. He was a person who made everybody feel very special. He was always about putting smiles on other people's faces. So the story of Shane Warne is still so fresh in the minds of many and so tragic because he was so young and such a legend of his game. So with that in mind and the research and work that goes into the production of all of the Death of series, Sports Star included, is second to none. It's so professional but not cold at the same time and definitely informs you of stuff you've never known before information about the deaths of people that you loved in the public eye that'll make you second guess everything you thought you knew. On that basis, this podcast gets a four on the Tuesday Night Podcast Club rating scale for absolutely recommend. Thank you so much for listening to episode 15 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen. Follow the show on Insta at Tuesday Night Pod and I'll see you next week. Bye!